Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show across the nation from Atlanta, Georgia, and my flagship station, WSB. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. We have to begin in Puerto Rico. I have explained before, including just a while ago, that there really is no reason for elaborate conspiracy theories for what's going on in Washington, D.C. Overwhelmingly, it's a lot of hubristic, arrogant people who can't admit they've screwed up. Uh, They don't have the humility to admit they were wrong about things. Uh, They are convinced of their own expertise when they're outside their wheelhouse. A buddy of mine points out in in a message to me that it's also the bureaucracy. The bureaucracy was the resistance to Trump, and now they're gone full bore with the Biden agenda. They are secure in their jobs. They're not going to get fired. They're convinced of their righteousness and their rightness, and they're moving forward. The problem with everything, including this, with what's going on with the Biden administration and the Democrats, and even to some degree the Republicans right now, are the basics. Getting the basics right and getting the basics wrong. If you can get the basics right, then other stuff will follow. I am an Apple fan. I like Apple. Apple computer, I still call them, even though now they're Apple Inc., Every few years after release, after release, after release, after release, uh, Apple's operating system software for the iPhone, for the Mac, uh, it gets very buggy. And typically what they do is they hit pause. And they do a release that fixes all the bugs. And they don't do a lot of new stuff. It makes the computer more efficient. Now, they tried that a couple of years ago, but they, again, it's Apple. They've gotten hubristic as well. And they released an update purportedly that basically just it was small ball, fixed bugs, didn't do a lot of new stuff, and in fact tried to do a lot of new stuff and screwed it up further. And and they need now, again, to hit pause and just fix the basics. you got to get the basics right. You can't do go big or go home because you're going to go home if you don't get the basics right. And understanding that, the basics, the fundamentals, if you don't get it right, people lose trust in you. I think a winning presidential campaign could be someone who campaigns and says, listen, we don't even deliver the mail right these days. We can't engage in the big stuff because the small stuff we're screwing up. And we need to commit ourselves to not doing a bunch of new stuff, but fixing the small stuff. And once we fix the small stuff and restored trust in the small stuff, then we'll start doing the big stuff. But nobody wants to do that these days. Everybody wants to be the visionary leader who does the great big things, the big things. But it's the small things that matter too. The small things over time have a way of adding up to be the big things. And there's a perfect example of this in Puerto Rico. Mark Caputo is the reporter for NBC News. Let me read you part of this. President Joe Biden's top allies in Puerto Rico are growing alarmed that the White House is creating a rift with the island's governor by snubbing his recommendations for three federal court vacancies. The controversy, fraught with political consequences for Puerto Rican heavy states like Florida and New York, began to surface last week amid rumblings on the island that a bipartisan consensus pick promoted by Governor Pedro Pedro Pierluisi a Democrat, Republican Commissioner Jennifer Gonzalez-Colon, a Republican, 
And Democratic Representative Darren Soto of Florida might never be interviewed or considered for federal judgeships in the territory. At the same time, word leaked that the White House is vetting another candidate who's not supported by any of Puerto Rico's political leaders and who, opponents said, has expressed pro-independent sympathies in the past. And that's a no-go for the governor, the resident commissioner, and uh, the Democratic congressman from Florida who represents Puerto Rican heavy district, all of whom are pro-statehood politicians. Rios, the secretary of the island's pro-statehood party, added that the governor and others were already irked with Biden for failing to champion Puerto Rican statehood as president, despite his past support. Now, you should know Puerto Rico is, is it's not typical. And Republicans actually do get elected there, as do Democrats. For a long time, Puerto Rico had a Republican leader. It is a uh, territory of the United States. It is divided between independence and statehood. It's kind of got a sweet gig right now and where it's got some benefits by being part of the United States without actually having to be a state. But this is small ball stuff. You have the Republican or you've got the Democratic governor, a Republican commissioner. You've got a Democratic congressman who represents a Puerto Rican heavy district in Florida where a lot of people left Puerto Rico after that big hurricane several years ago and are now in Florida. They all want a particular person to be a federal judge. And the Biden team isn't giving that person a hearing. Now, I know a little bit about this because I I, I helped a friend of mine navigate his way into a federal judgeship. And there is a a lot of glad-handing, but it begins with a basic level of if the president is of the same party as the elected members of Congress— the elected members of Congress tend to recommend to the president the person they would prefer. And that person tends to be someone who's done all the right things politically over time, has made the right donations and supported the right people, uh, is a lawyer, is a judge, has a good background, is not a controversial person, will not cause embarrassment, and will be an ideologically good fit for the area. If the People in charge of the state, the the congressmen, particularly the senators, though, uh, the senators are of the different party for the president. They tend to not have as much say, but can certainly put a hold on the person and say, this person is absolutely hell no, unacceptable. We won't let them. And the president tends to listen, even if the president's of an opposite party. In California, for example, the Republicans obviously had no say when Trump or Bush were president because it was such lockstep Democratic uh, control, but the Republicans agreed what we will do is, here's our list, and you veto, Democrats, the absolutely unacceptable people. Trump finally said screw it because they were vetoing everybody, and Trump just started putting his own people on. But this is the basics. This is politics. It's not even politics 101. This is high school politics. It's not collegiate-level politics. You get the basics right. You listen to the people who brought you to the dance. And these Democratic politicians in Puerto Rico who want statehood, they want someone that they like to be judge. And now they've gone public. Now they have, have are putting pressure on the White House. So much so that White House spokesman Andrew Bates is saying, no, the process is early. 
No decision's been made for any of the three open spots in the U.S. District Court for the District of Puerto Rico. Damage control preemptively. The reason they went to the press and leaked this story is not to shake it up, but to get it out there and bypass the handlers at the White House so everybody in Washington knows that they're being ignored. These are the basics. Having a competent American military is one of the basics. Having a military that can do its functions properly, and what are its functions? To defend the United States. It's rather necessary. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our prosperity, to ordain and establish the Constitution of the United States of America. Our common defense is the appropriate realm of the American Pentagon, the Defense Department, the National Guard, the Army, the Navy, the Marines, the Air Force, the Coast Guard, the Space Guard, you name it. Getting them into diversity training to understand critical theory really isn't a big deal. And yet, this administration isn't focused on the basics. They're focused on nonsense. When you can't get the basics right, when you can't keep the economy going, when you can't secure the border, when you can't even pick the judges that your base wants you to pick, you've screwed up royally. Now, here's the thing. Let's say Joe Biden is completely out to lunch. Let's say Joe Biden is a blithering, moronic, Alzheimer's patient idiot who doesn't leave the room, is fed through a straw, and they prop him up like Weekend at Bernie's uh, for him to do press conferences. Let's just say that's the case. He's surrounded with people who should be able to get the basics right, and they can't. And those people are going to cost themselves everything by not being able to do it. Now, let's say Joe Biden actually does call the shots. He, they may be guarded. He may only have three hours of sanity a day. But in those three hours, Ron Klain prepares a package of proposals for him that Ron Klain likes, the prime minister likes, and he's got to get the king to sign off on them. There should still be the basics, and those basics should still have some outcomes of sanity, and they're not. This is a problem. When you get the basics wrong, everything else breaks down. So this story seems like somewhat of a throwaway story out of Puerto Rico, that these three people, powerful people in Puerto Rico and and a member of Congress from Florida who has clout within the Democratic Party, who represents Puerto Ricans, want particular people picked to be district judges. It's the way the system has always worked. It's the way the system will always work, but it's not working here. The story is diagnostic of a larger problem with all the issues that Joe Biden is facing right now. His administration can't get the basics right. And even if, as some of you think, Joe Biden is completely out of it, the people who are in charge of the White House can't get the basics right. Now, why? Why can't they? This is the damning thing. Whether you're talking about the bureaucracy or you're talking about the appointed people inside the White House, they are progressive true believers. 
And they want the country to go in a certain direction where the country itself is resistant. And so they're not worried about the basics. They're worried about the fundamental transformation. But the public will not go along with the fundamental transformation if they can't get the basics right. And in pushing the fundamental transformation of the country the way they're pushing it, they're going to cause a public backlash that causes them not just to lose Congress, but causes them to lose at the state level as well, where there will be extraordinary pushback with a judiciary that is now conservative that issues injunctions. These people are such true believers. They don't really understand the way the systems are designed to work. And however much people vent about the systems and the Constitution and the procedures and the gridlock, gridlock is a feature, not a bug of the system. They seem to have forgotten all of this. And because they can't get the basics right, because they can't get the basics on the post office right, they can't get the basics on picking judges right, they can't get the basics on securing compromise deals right, they can't get the basics on the military right, the public is going to find people who can. And here is what the Democrats have to worry about. When the Republicans take back Congress, which they more likely than not will because of stuff like this, the very rudimentary basic fundamentals of politics being violated by the Democrats because they can't get those basics right, the Republicans will take back Congress and suddenly, guess who gets to hold the investigative hearings? Guess who gets to set the agenda? Guess who gets to set the legislative track? Guess who gets to haul the members of the cabinet up for questioning? Guess who gets to investigate these sorts of things? It's no longer the Democrats in charge of the agenda. And good, because this president and the Democrats and the progressives in the bureaucracy, they have forgotten gotten how to do the very basic things in large part because of their arrogance and the Republicans will take back power and appropriately humble them. I I gotta, I, I just, I gotta laugh at this. Uh, by the way, the, the phone number, if you want to call in 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Uh, I, so Philip, uh, you'll have to text me if you're actually on the job listening to the show as you're supposed to be. If you've ever seen Fight Club, Fight Club, I love Fight Club. Uh, I remember watching Fight Club alone in a theater when it came out. Uh, it has definitely become a cult classic. It is definitely a guy movie. Uh, my my wife doesn't just, she doesn't understand it. Uh, but at the end, um, at, at the end of the, at the movie, uh, as bombs are going off, uh, the Chinese have allowed a showing of Fight Club. But um, <laughs> if you watch it in China on Tencent, this is from the Washington Free Beacon. The screen fades to black and viewers are told police stopped Tyler Durden before the bombs went off. Through the clue provided by Tyler, the police rapidly figured out the whole plan and arrested all criminals, successfully preventing the bomb from exploding. A screen caption read, after the trial, Tyler was sent to a lunatic asylum receiving psychological treatment. He was discharged from the hospital in 2012. The change was approved by the government. Um, That's not true. That's not what happens in the movie. Also, Philip hasn't texted back. <laughs> not true. I've seen the movie. That's not how it ends. 
My goodness gracious, um, the, the Chinese, they're missing so much. Uh, on a completely unrelated matter to this, I, yeah, it, it, truth be told, I'm talking about the Fight Club story because I don't want to talk about this story, but I'm going to talk about it. Jerry Falwell Jr. of Liberty Univers, formerly of Liberty University, has engaged in a uh, psychological self-healing ses- struggle session with Vanity Fair. He's got mom issues, it seems. Uh, mom was was super stern. Dad was actually awesome. Uh, would would chug a bottle of Nyquil since he wasn't allowed to drink. Um, Baptist Baptist whiskey or Baptist wine or something. Um, Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, trying to explain who he is. Uh, essentially, he backed Trump because he it was all part of his meltdown. It, it's very, I mean, it's a depressing read, frankly. Um, not a very satisfying read. What one of his his quotes is is because of my last name, people think I'm a religious person, but I'm not. My goal was to make them realize I was not my dad. First of all, uh, when you're going to Vanity Fair to do a profile of yourself, and when you're from the right, you know it's not going to be a fawning profile unless you're groveling and admitting the error of your ways, which degree it is. But also, he's clearly got issues with his brother. I mean, one of the obsessive pieces of this um, profile was how mean his mom was, strictly fundamentalist, humorless Baptist, didn't like his wife because she was from North Carolina and they were from Virginia, so his wife had to be a redneck, uh, and just on and on and on and on, and and Jonathan was mom's favorite. Jonathan is Jerry Falwell's junior brother. Uh, they have put him now in charge as campus chaplain at Liberty. I suspect this story is coming out, and I don't know. I've got no way to know, but maybe we should put this in the in the I was right file in case it happens. I suspect Liberty University is about to put Jonathan in charge of Liberty University. And Jerry is doing this fawning portrait in Vanity Fair, and it's not really a fawning portrait, somewhat sarcasm on my part, that this tell-all confessional, uh, I'm not really the, the super religious person people claimed I was because his brother is going to be in charge of Liberty University, and he clearly has serious issues with his straight-arrow brother. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, I just the whole thing is is what a train wreck, what a train wreck of a life. Now speaking of train wrecks of life, I have to talk to you about Hugh Hefner of Playboy magazine. When we come back, there's been an interview. There's a larger issue here we need to get into. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show. The phone number is eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. Uh, it's just a, a, a mild, mild uh, parental advisory here. We have to talk about a somewhat difficult subject, uh, and I think we do have to talk about it. The New York Post has run a story on Hugh Hefner, uh, the now deceased head of Playboy, who cultivated uh, an image as some sort of intellectual hedonist intellectual libertine, cultivated celebrity in uh, California. Some of the story I I have heard from friends in the past who were knowledgeable, and it, it leaked out on gossip sites as well. I, I do believe it's true, having heard it from people, that 
Uh, Hefner uh, engaged in hedonism and encouraged others to at his uh, property, the Playboy Mansion, and then filmed it all and could use it as blackmail. And, and there are all sorts of people who you would not think of who engaged in all sorts of depravity over the years, some of whom you would, obviously. But there's a larger story here, and it's interesting to me that this isn't, the New York Post has run this, but it isn't actually out there uh, all over the place in a way that it probably should be. And I don't think that's a coincidence. There's there There, there are larger issues here in that the media oftentimes, even among the, the horrible, depraved people, will protect their own and... Hefner was always a useful foil against those puritanical Christians. I mentioned the Jerry Falwell Jr. profile in Vanity Fair and how he wants people to know he's not the religious person they seem to think he is because of his name. And the media, of course, loved a guy like Hugh Hefner who could ridicule and harass the Jerry Falwell Seniors of the world, the Pat Robertsons, the uh, Billy Grahams, anyone who was Christian. And having used him forever, remember there was an entire show about life at the Playboy Mansion on, I think it was A&E. They, they celebrated it as if it was good. And now some of the women who were involved in that show are speaking out on how they were very often drugged. They were forced to perform indecent acts on other men while Hefter watched. They were forced to perform in all sorts of um, awful acts. One woman said at, at one point uh, he, he sodomized her and she left bleeding. Another person said that, uh, that he one time had an uh, adult film star come back to the mansion and they plied her full of drugs and alcohol and then forced her to perform acts on a German shepherd. Another woman uh, caught Hugh Hefner um, abusing her dog. Said it was a one-time thing, he said. She wouldn't leave the dog alone with him. Some of the more recent uh, film stars talk about how disgusting he was, and yet they lived there. They wanted the fame. They wanted the celebrity, and he gave it to many of them. Uh, some of them have now come out and talked about Bill Cosby's time at the Playboy Mansion and the awful things that Bill Cosby would do. Well, now we know about Bill Cosby, and not from this. I'm struck by several things about the story, and yes, I do think it's relevant and worth talking about here for a lot of reasons. One of those things is the lack of news it has actually generated. There's a woman who has, um, he, a woman has come out, she's doing a documentary, and She's gotten a lot of the women who lived at the Playboy Mansion to come out and admit what was going on. And it's horrible, horrible stuff. I want to, um, I'm doing this spur of the moment. And I want to read for you. Um, this is the New York Times obituary for Donald Rumsfeld. 
Defense Secretary during Iraq War is dead at 88. Subtitle, Mr. Rumsfeld, who served four presidents, oversaw a war that many said never should have been fought. But he said the removal of Saddam Hussein had created a more stable and secure world. Here's the New York Times obituary for Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner, who built the Playboy empire and embodied it, dies at 91. There's no subheadline. Let's delve into this, shall we? Hugh Hefner, who created Playboy magazine and spun it into a media and entertainment industry giant, all the while as its very public avatar, squiring attractive young women and sometimes marrying them well into his 80s, died on Wednesday at his home, the Playboy mansion in Holmby Hills area of Los Angeles. He was 91. Hefner the man and Playboy the brand were inseparable. Both advertised themselves as emblems of the sexual revolution, an escape from American priggishness and wider social intolerance. Both were derided over the years as vulgar, as adolescent, as exploitative, and finally as anachronistic. But Mr. Hefner was a stunning success from the moment he emerged in the 1950s. His timing was perfect. And you don't really dive down into any of this with any of the sordid, sordid criticism. In fact, if anything, they still kind of praise him. Kind of excited with him. Kind of admiring him. In fact, in his obituary, which is very lengthy in the New York Times, he goes on to Talk about it, quoted at length before his death on how feminists should praise him for empowering women. And it turns out he wasn't empowering women. He was enslaving them to drugs and alcohol and abusing them and letting others abuse them. And in some cases, pressuring them so that they would say it was consensual when it really wasn't. And he died ultimately praised by the media that propped him up and made him an icon and the antipathy of Christianity and, and good social values and social norms. And now we actually know he was the monster many of us always said he was. Now, this is the New York Times praising him. The New York Times, of course, has a history of this. Walter Durante was the Moscow bureau chief of the New York Times for 14 years after the Bolsheviks took over the Soviet Union, and he became a propagandist for Stalin in the pages of the New York Times. He covered up the famine in the Ukraine, what a Pulitzer Prize, by the way. The Pulitzer Board has declined to revoke the award for Walter Durante. The New York Times ultimately called it a shameful period, but uh, they had loved and loved and loved Walter Durante until very recently. The media tends to prop up the left, but not just the left, a very particular form of the left. They tend to prop up uh, a, a, those who would vulgarize American society or show contempt for American society in ways that uh, 
show contempt for the lack of a better term, the, the virtuousness of American society. And now as word is trickling out, there really isn't a ton of coverage of this. Now I'm looking, I, I just pulled this up. Uh, I, I just in, in Googling Hugh Hefner. And let me read you some of the, the headlines that are out there today on this uh, BuzzFeed News. Holly Madison opens up about the gross experience of sleeping with Hefner. That's from BuzzFeed. CNN, Secrets of Playboy, pulls back the curtain on the dark side of Hefner's empire. USA Today, Secrets of Playboy. Hugh Hefner's former girlfriend's playmates and employees allege a culture of abuse. All of these media outlets were fans of his in his life and at his death. And now to some degree, it's, it's A&E is revisiting its past sins now that he's dead. There's a larger, bigger issue here. And all of that sets the stage for this. The left doesn't really make its own accountable unless they become an embarrassment to them. Harvey Weinstein became a liability to the left, so they had to destroy Harvey Weinstein. Kevin Spacey became a liability to the left, but they're probably going to let him rehabilitate himself. When you become a liability to the left, that's when they come after you. But unless you're a liability, they don't come after you. And Hugh Hefner funded, propped up, and not only that, but aided and abetted the vices of the left. There are ample stories of reporters going to cover him, and he would let them in on the drugs, the alcohol, and the sex. And all of the profiles were flattering. And I have to tell you, all you have to do is use some common sense. When you have a man who built his entire empire on pornography and bragging about all the women he sleeps with and, and dating three women at a time, you should know just by virtue of common sense, this is not a good or decent person. But those are the values, the hedonistic lifestyle, so many people prop up in the left. And this is not to be prudish, anything like that. This is just to be grounded in common sense, reality, and truth. The media props this stuff up. They love to get away with it. They love to use that as a juxtaposition for the left. Look at the... Vanity Fair profile of Jerry Falwell Jr. Vanity Vanity Fair sat down for repeated conversations over an eight-month period with Jerry Falwell Jr. to essentially let him explain himself and out himself as someone who really isn't the religious Jerry Falwell. And they let him lament that, you know, his mother was the true believer. His mother really was the Baptist who didn't drink. And his mother really expected them to go to church on Sunday. And and his brother, Jonathan, he went along with it. His brother, Jonathan, he was pliable and controllable by that religiously fundamentalist mom. But I'm not like that. I like the good times. And suddenly he becomes useful to the left. The hedonism of American society is not actually a good thing. We live in a day and age where people like to think it's a good thing. We live in a day where people, they just let the good times roll. Go live a hedonistic, unaccountable lifestyle. And they prop it all up. And oftentimes what they're doing is they're selling you a lie. More often than not, they're selling you a lie. And even now, as these words are starting to trickle out, as as the story is starting to trickle out, 
the media doesn't really even want to deal with it. They don't want to grapple with their complicity in it. They sold people a bill of goods, a lie. Their sins will find them out. But ultimately, there's also this. He may have died. And he may have died to the praise of the press. He may have been a paragon of of the lifestyle we should live, that playboy lifestyle, lionized by members of the media, on the left in particular. But he can't escape judgment. Neither can you or me. Now, before we go to break, I want to tell you about Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is a cell phone company, but they're more than that. They're actually a fighter for the conservative movement. Patriot Mobile actually takes a portion of their profits and they give it to the causes you care about. This past weekend was the March for Life in Washington, D.C., the annual gathering of pro-lifers who march on Washington and call for an end to Roe versus Wade and, and support the culture of life. You know who helps support that cause? Patriot Mobile. There are shot spots going on in, in uh, Las Vegas right now. The largest gun show in America happens every year. You know who supports Second Amendment? Patriot Mobile. They're Christian. They're conservative. They are not woke, and they use their profits to support the causes you care about, and they want your business. And the way you do it is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You get free activation by using my name. Now, if you don't want to use the website, if you want to call them, you can call them. They're great people. 100% U.S.-based customer service. You can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Tell them Eric sent you. You get free activation. But become a customer. You get great 5G. You get data. You get voice. You get fantastic coverage. They use the same cell towers everybody else uses. So you're going to be with a quality company that shares your values and uses a portion of their profits you help them generate to fight for the causes you care about. This is the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan Nationwide. They can help you wherever you are nationwide. If you're in charge of a small business and that business needs to grow, reach out to First Liberty. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website, FirstLibertyGA.com. You get their contact info. Tell them I sent you. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if they can help you get to yes, where banks are so often now telling small businesses no. I want to go to Tim calling. Tim, welcome to the program. Hi, Eric. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Doing good. I was listening to you talk about Hefner and how the media, you know, they just kind of refused to cover it and drop it. But, you know, they did the same thing with Epstein. Okay, yeah. not bringing that up. But, but the trial that just happened, the, the lady that was with him, Maxwell, yes. didn't get no coverage at all. I mean, heard one or two lines, nothing shows up in print, and yet they just swept it under the rug. Well, you, you know, that they, they were afraid that, like Epstein, they all might not hang themselves um, if, if the Clintons <laughs> got wind of their coverage. <laughs> yep, no, you but, you know, you're right on that. You're right. The details of that, the name check celebrities, you would think the media would be all over that. Um, and, and, you know, Tim, to, to some degree, I think this is why there is as the, the foundational conspiracy theory of QAnon is that there's a global elite of Satanists who traffic children and, and others for sexual abuse around the world covered up by the deep state and the CIA. I can understand why people consider this and the, the media must be in on it, uh, given that these stories come out and given, you know, every damn time they come out, it's like, oh, well, we always kind of knew this was going on. Now you tell us? I mean, with Hefner, who didn't know? Apparently the stories were legendary. And yet 
nobody said anything at the time. Now, the women who are coming forward say he locked them down under uh, so many airtight non-disclosure agreements that they really couldn't. And to some degree, they may be sued uh, by the Playboy Corporation for coming out now and telling this stuff. But I'm sorry. Did you not understand that a man who openly bragged about sleeping with three women and engaging in all sorts of hedonistic practices was probably into drugs, alcohol and rape as well? Uh, you're not a little rapey. You're either a rapist or you're not. And he sounds like he was, sounds like he was a predator. And it was obvious if you actually paid attention and did some on your own thinking instead of listening to the fawning profiles that so much of the American media gave that guy. And then, yeah, there's the Epstein situation. My gosh, this guy, you read about the people that, that he was around all the time. You read about the people who networked with him, who partied with him, who were on his plane, including Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. And the media says nothing. I mean, they're they're making Prince Andrew the fall guy for this stuff because uh, he's being sued because he's a, a visible, visible royal celebrity for this. But there were a whole lot of American celebrities involved as well. And he's not alone. You know this stuff happens all the time. I, it just it, it is mind-boggling to me how they don't. But here's the thing. This is the bottom line. And I genuinely believe this, and some of you will say this is crazy. Judgment is going to come. It may not be in this lifetime. You know, hellfire, frankly, gives me a little bit of comfort because there will be horrible people in this world who get by this world without ever being held accountable for what they've done. But uh, they will not be held accountable in the next life. That's why hellfire exists. And they'll get their comeuppance. Leave it to God. God sorts these things out. You don't have to worry about them. You can let him worry about it. It's just mind-boggling, though, that we all know this stuff is happening. And the media, if this person has the right politics, will try to cover for them and deflect for them and excuse for them the whole way through their lifetime and even in their obituary. But God help you if you're a Christian conservative. It's 2022, and guess what? Nothing still makes sense. The whole world seems to be going crazy right now, and banks have gotten really skittish at helping small businesses. They're perfectly happy to help the giant businesses, but what about you? You're a small business. you got to buy a building or build a building, or you need a big loan for a fleet of vehicles to grow your business, and the banks are giving you a hard time. Check out my friends at First Liberty Building and Loan. They can help you nationwide, wherever you are, if you're a small business and you need access to loans, let's say 500000 and up, First Liberty can do it. They've been doing this since the early 90s. The Frost family are friends of mine. They're committed Christians and they're great business people and they are committed to small businesses. Reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website. FirstLibertyGA.com. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if they're a good fit for you. See if you're a good fit for them. They want to help you get to yes where the big banks are saying no. Nationwide, they can help you if you're a small business. FirstLibertyGA.com is the website. FirstLibertyGA.com.